Welcome to Solutions from the Huddle, powered by Collaborative Solutions Group. We're discussing meaningful business and life topics to add motivation to your life and value to your efforts. Our show is hosted by certified professional CSG coaches who are often hired for private coaching, corporate training, and speaking engagements. Now, enjoy the show. This is Solutions from the Huddle, and I am your host, Titus Bartolotta. Man, I am so excited about our show today. As you guys know, those of you that continue to come back to the show, uh, thank you so much for subscribing. But we, uh, we, we put together a program every single time for you where we get thought leaders, creative, smart folks that have gone the way already, uh, folks that are able to bring their, their world uh, and professional insight personally and professionally into our lives for just a moment and share their insight. If we could avoid just one or two pitfalls, can you imagine that? If we could advance on the backs of someone else's experience, what that would mean uh, to the PL of our business uh, and to the balance sheet of our lives. And today we have a guest that'll help us do just that. So we broadcast this show, Solutions from the Huddle, right here from the Queen City of Charlotte in, in North Carolina. And it is a beautiful day today to bring on a new best friend of the program. Before we introduce our guest for today, we start every show the same way uh, and we'll do it this time as well. And that's in prayer. So Lord, we just ask that you would bless the show, uh, our guest, our sponsors, just every part, every element of this. Let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in your sight. Amen. Okay, friends, uh, today I'm excited. We have uh, my good friend here, Jerry, on the program. I just got to know him a little bit before we got started, um, but we're going to get to know a lot more about him right now. Uh, Jerry is a conflict resolution coach who helps Asian American leaders advance in their careers and life journeys. Having taken on several pharmacy leadership roles, Jerry started coaching back in 2017, and he's not only helped just Asian Americans uh, professionally and personally, he's helped anybody that's looking to level up personally and professionally. And I'm so excited that Jerry's on the program. Jerry, thanks for being here today. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Hey, listen, I always like to get started this way, Jerry. Tell us a little bit, because your bio is filled with... Uh, you being a coach and a keynote speaker and, and doing workshops to really drill in and help people personally and professionally. But how does that get started? Right. I mean, you're, you're you don't, you don't just hear five-year-olds say, most of them say, I want to be a fireman or a police officer, right. Or, or some, some kid like answer, but, but where did it get started in your personal and professional life? Kind of walk us through who you are and where you came from all the way to get to today, how you're making such a difference in people's lives. <laughs> so it's a great question, Titus. So I'm going to take an interesting angle on this because we don't want to just, you know, give people cookie cutter stuff. Uh, technically, it started when I got a C in organic chemistry in college. And okay. people say, okay, where is he going with this, right? <laughs> and uh, that's the idea, right? Um, I grew up, right, uh, my family's from Taiwan. We grew up with the conventional sense of uh, what is success in the eyes of immigrants, right? We need money, we need reputation help. And what's the easiest way to do that? Engineer, doctor, finance, whatever else, right? And so I was technically on this pre-med path because I just had nothing else in mind for my life, right? It sounded good. It sounded like a high quality of life. It sounded noble. Sure, right? It makes sense. Uh, but the problem is, right, if you don't have a clear why as to why you want to be a doctor, 
right? Uh, you're not going to make it through all the hoops you have to jump through in order to become a doctor. And so, for instance, in contrast, I have a good friend from high school who is great with kids. He knew he wanted to be a pediatrician and he is, you know, he's done well to build his own practice currently, right? Uh, but all that to say for me, right, I was like, oh, I guess I'll be a doctor. Not enough. And so um, the next best thing was to still pivot and say, well, what else could I do? I still like healthcare. Uh, you know, pharmacy seems, uh, seems pretty good. Let me convince a pharmacy school that I would make a good pharmacist and, uh, you know, we're off to the races. And so, yeah, I get through pharmacy school. I've been uh, out of school for about 16 years now, so I've seen a lot there. Um, but the transition to coaching happened when first, um, after getting this, you know, C in organic chemistry and thinking that was the death of my med school career, um, I actually got fired from a pharmacy consulting job I moved to Houston for. Uh, initially, I was working for a chain pharmacy at the best of my risk-averse mother uh, who thought that she was the expert in my job because she's my mom. And so she <laughs> says, hey, you know, I don't want you to deal with some of the problems your dad dealt with when he was trying to survive as a chemical engineer and then a software engineer. Uh, so, you know, just work for this company and, you know, embrace whatever stability they give you. And it doesn't matter how unhappy you are because the stability is always going to be worth it. I said, okay. Um, after five years, I had enough. And so I wanted to get into teaching. I uh, didn't have the necessary credentials, but that's uh, when I leveraged some connections to work for this consulting company because they gave me the opportunity to teach. Uh, 11 months later, I get fired and it's like, uh-oh, right? Now what do I do, right? Um, I'm embarrassed, you know, people asking questions. How did you, you know, get fired? How did, why would you lose this opportunity? Um, I ended up next at a job where four of my paychecks bounced, uh, filling for crooked doctors. And, you know, the guy's like, I can't pay you unless you move these, you know, scripts. And I said, okay, this is a really bad situation. Right. Um, and so I'm, what I'm getting to next is the fact that my next job said, Hey, uh, we like you, but we can't pay more than eight hours a week. So now, um, I have no idea what my life is going to look like. I'm working out in Austin out at this point, which is two and a half hours away from Houston. Um, but that summer I get a chance to teach some leadership seminars, right? So this is where things start to unlock. And because teaching leadership uh, started to change my thinking about how I could be successful as a leader. Because before I said, wow, leadership is hard. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to look incompetent. So I'm just not going to deal with it. And now I started to ask myself, right, what if I could be a good leader? What kind of work would that involve? How would I carry myself? What would that uh, involve? And so when the opportunity to take on a full-time manager position in Houston uh, came up, um, I said, okay, I can't stay scared. I can't stay safe. I got to take on this uh, challenge. Um, I proceed to get written up because I'm still very conflict diverse. My technicians are acting out of line. And now management says, hey, uh, we're not happy with your leadership. And so now, again, just continuing to eat humble pie. And uh, after I get out of the doghouse, right, I managed to get another job offer or interview uh, when the company had their funding pool, only because I have leadership experience on my resume now, right? So when I say leadership saved my career, that's exactly how it happened, is that mm. now I have more job opportunities than I would have had otherwise. Um, but then I, what I say is that these jobs are like icebergs. They melt after one or two years, right? And so uh, four years ago, when my previous employer went under, I said, well, you know, I'm tired of hopping from iceberg to iceberg, but I love teaching these leadership workshops. What if I tried to make a career out of doing that? And so started to learn about people in the space, seeing how they built their practices, things like that. And then, you know, still put it up because I'm still scared. I have no idea how to open a business, build a business, run a business, scale a business, right? 
Um, but then the pandemic hit and I said in October of last year, I said, okay, I, I can't afford to wait any longer. So even as I have my day job as a pharmacist, I'm working on the side to uh, make my side job, my full-time uh, career choice. How did you, that's, well, I mean, what a story and, and thanks for unpacking that. I mean, mm-hmm. so much to do there, but where exactly do you, where, I, I guess here's what I'm trying to get to conflict is such a niche, such a specific thing that I think touches everything else. It's kind of like this cornerstone of everything, but you don't really see folks specializing in it, right? I mean, they, they, they lean into a leadership specialist or a communication expert or, or, and really the truth is conflict is, is what stimulates the poor performance in probably most of these categories. Why am I a bad leader? Why am I a bad communicator? Why am I not connecting? Why is my mindset always so bad? And in many cases, it's because of either our, our misinterpretation or lack of awareness or inability to, to deal with, manage, and, and do what comes next relative to conflict. How did you take on what I would call the bear in the room, right? Like the, the, the hairiest, biggest, scariest part of it. Uh, that's certainly, that's not avoiding conflict at all, right? <laughs> I mean, how did you take that on? I understand the story of how you dealt with conflict, but still, yeah, I mean, that's courageous to take mm. that on. Mm, yeah. Um, I'll use a quote I remember hearing from some decathletes that happened to me in a past chapter of my life. And they, I would ask them, you know, why did you choose the decathlon? And they say, it's less about choosing the decathlon. It's more about the decathlon choosing you. Uh. <laughs> and, and this is kind of one of those moments where it's not like I necessarily chose it, but after struggling with it for so long, right? Uh, leadership in the same way was a struggle and became a fascination. And now conflict resolution was a struggle and has now become a fascination. Do I still mess up? Absolutely. And, you know, this is just one beggar telling other beggars where to find bread. So some of the other situations I can tell you that have shaped my own, um, you know, approach to conflict. Number one, at one point I served as a church class director, just the Sunday school class director. And the second day on on the job, I found out that a newer guy in the class was sexually harassing women in the class. And they're like, Jerry, you got to take care of this. You got to fall on this grenade. And it's just like, you didn't give me a manual. <laughs> like you, They don't tell you. You just have to just handle it. I'm just like, I don't know how. Like, you got to give me some kind of like, you know, lighted pathway or something. Right. Sure. Um, you know, and other other moments I had to evict a roommate at one point. He defaulted on his lease and basically hid in his room until I had the courage to follow through and enforce consequences and, you know, with, you know, not threaten him, but like say, hey, the consequences of you hiding in there, you know, I'm going to have to call the cops and cite you for trespassing if you decide to continue to avoid what you know is wrong uh, or the consequences for what you know, what you did is wrong. Um, and so everyone around me in my life he said, hey, you know, leadership coach sounds great. Join the club. There's so many leadership coaches. But uh, what can you do differently to position yourself? And I said, well, you know, um, I know what kind of struggles I had just trying to deal with bosses of every kind, whether they broke bad checks or, you know, they're upset with me and I just don't know how to calm them down. Right. Um, and so seeing my conflict in every area of my life, you know, what do I even want with my career? Right. What do I even want? 
romantically or other things. And so whether it's a healthy conflict to say, hey, who's me now and who do I want to be in the future? You know, there's a conflict there, right? Same thing with businesses, right? There is conflict between what makes you money now, what will make you money five years from now. Right. Um, and then there's unhealthy conflict, which, as we all know, comes from broken or mismanaged expectations. So, um, yeah, I mean, whether I like it or not, I'm surrounded by it and I can either continue to avoid it, which would be entirely hypocritical, or I can start to study it and, you know, fail my way forward so that I can help others who I know are ha having similar challenges to give them an easier path uh, or at least not an easier path, but to handle their challenges more effectively. Yeah, we're talking with Jerry, and is it Fu? Yes, good job. Jerry Fu, right here on Solutions from the Huddle, powered by Collaborative Solutions Group. Jerry is a conflict coach and expert uh, in, in this in this area, studying it. And what I love is failing forward. I mean, what an excellent way to express that. Um, I noticed a couple of the things that that you're best equipped um, at is when a, when a person asks themselves the question, do I have a, a temperamental boss? Um, do I have a stale friendship? Um, is the, the weight of my family or maybe my loved one's expectations uh, kind of hard to bear? And when a person asks themselves those questions and yes, uh, keeps coming up as, as the answer, uh, you're equipped to come alongside of them. Help us right here when we've got a temperamental boss, what's one or two, two tips. I still encourage everyone to call Jerry and Jerry's going to give his information and his website and all that stuff later. But, but, but here in the middle of someone driving on highway, fill in the blank, right. All across the country, folks listen to the show and in the middle of whatever they're doing, or maybe they've paused it and they've come back home to listen to it again um, with their favorite beverage and they're, they're cuddled up on the couch and they're going, okay, I'm going to write these tips down, right? Cause it's going to be the game changer for me yeah. um, with a temperamental boss, Jerry, what in the world can we do? Right. I mean, how, how can we deal with that one or two quick strategies that folks can do tomorrow when they go to work? What would that be? Yeah. Yeah. No, let's give uh, let's give them some real, uh, let's give them yeah. some real juice and some real energy shots yeah. to say, yes, I can do this. Um, That's right. One thing I love is just to, to just acknowledge that there's a problem, right? To say something like, I'm sorry that things aren't better between us, right? Now, right, that's, it's, it sounds kind of ninja, but it's true because now you're apologizing, but you're apologizing for like the situation and to acknowledge, hey, look, I'm sorry that this isn't better, right? You're not, you're not blaming your boss for things you think are unfair. You're not taking responsibility for things that, you know, you wouldn't think is fair, uh, but you're just saying, hey, look, I think there's something broken here, right? And usually between hearing I'm sorry and acknowledging, hey, we have a problem, right? That kind of helps clue the conversation almost on ramp it into a collaborative um, tone as opposed to confrontational one, right? So you say something like, hey, boss, you know, I, it sounds like you're upset. I'm sorry things aren't better between us right now. Um, and then you come in with open hands and curiosity and say, hey, um, what's the real challenge for us, right? And you say for us, because right now you're saying, hey, boss, if, you know, acknowledge that we're on the same side, right? But we're both trying to get this job done for the company that signs our paychecks. Um, how can I be a, a better employee for you, right? So when you come with open hands and you uh, kind of like what Covey says, right? You seek first to understand, then to be understood, um, that you know, the chances of success are, are, are much greater that you can actually reconcile and restore the relationship to a point where, like you could actually tolerate each other again. So that's yeah. one thing. Yeah. 
yeah, okay, so I'm not going to let it be easy for you. I'm going to put some more pressure on you. Let's say the boss says, yeah, let's say the boss says, you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm glad you're sorry because it's you that's been screwed up. Like, what if he, what if he doesn't take that, right? Because we all mm-hmm. know those bosses where we try to go with a, a little bit of an olive branch where mm-hmm. like we got our hat in our hand yeah. and he won't, it won't forget about meet us halfway. Well, mm-hmm. he won't come 10% of the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do we deal with the boss that doesn't pick up what we're putting down in that moment? Right. Yeah. What if he's clueless on that? How do we deal with that situation? Jerry? Oh yeah. No, this is, they're going to love this episode. Um, yeah. I think if I, if it were me in that situation, I would say something like, Hey boss. Yeah. I, thank you for being so honest with me. Right. Like you kill him with kindness, right. Just be like, boss, you know, as much as upset as we might be with is as, as upset as you might be with me right now, I am thankful that we can be honest with each other. So, you know, in light of this honesty, uh, in order to regain your trust, could you please give me three specific things uh, that you want me to work on so that we can get back to working well together? Right. Like when you point back to the solution and you sell the conversation, like the benefits for your boss, right? When you say, boss, I really just want to be the teammate that you need. Right. When when you show that, hey, I, I want to be like an asset for you, right? I want to be the teammate that you, that you want me to be, right? Uh, so, you know, yeah, people can get mad if you just want to feel like you just want to, you know, some bosses just want to hurt just for the sake of hurting people. You could be one of those bosses, right? Or what if we could get back to a productive state so that, you know, you don't have to keep, you know, like doing, expressing frustration like this. Like what would make that go away? Right. What could yeah. I do to help make this go away? Um, so, yeah, I think that was the turning point for me in terms of conflict, right? When you sell the benefits, say, hey, you know, like I'm certain of this destination, right? That we can get back to a point where we can enjoy being around each other and working well together. And, you know, we're going to have to, you know, work through a couple of tough patches, but I believe in, I believe in your ability and your willingness to, to hear and be fair and, and listen well and, and collaborate. Yeah, right. When you affirm the positive, uh, that's another tip, I think. Let's say, hey, look, boss, I know I can appreciate this is what I appreciate about you. Right. Yeah. It's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to fight that, right? You're just like, ah, yeah, I love how All assertive right. you are. Right. People yeah. like <laughs> you know, and it's not buttering up, guys, because if honestly, like if it's not sincere, this conversation will not work. So let me preface this very carefully. If you're just gonna try kissing up just to kind of diffuse the bomb, uh, it's just gonna explode twice as big. So be wow. careful. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's super helpful. I appreciate that. Jerry Fu conflict um, specialist, right? Resolution specialist here. Um, Here's the next one, right? You talk about having a stale friendship. Um, and this is big, right? So, so one of the things that we love at Collaborative Solutions Group, we say personal development and professional growth, right? This idea of balance um, and, and not having life touch business or business touch life isn't real. Like that's, I think we've debunked that enough. Um, if I'm working and I get a text about my family's da- you know, in danger of some sort, it's going to impact work. And in, in, in the same breath, if I'm not making any money to pay the mortgage or feed the family, a little bit of impact on my personal life is going to happen, right? So I, one, of the, one of the things that we, we really cherish on this show is figuring out how to add value with personally and professionally. And Jerry, you've kind of hit it home with the bit with the boss part, but what about the stale friendship, right? Like on the personal side, I'm not at work. Uh, it's a friendship, but it is. Uh, and maybe if I could go as far as to go beyond the, the word used, there is stale. Um, maybe someone that you're being taken advantage of, 
Maybe there's a friend that's manipulating you. Uh, maybe you feel like the um, there's not a reciprocity, right? It's more give than it is take. And, and for all those reasons, it's created conflict. And, and maybe you guys have gotten good at not talking about the conflict, right? It's just, it's just cold and uncomfortable. That's my favorite kind of conflict. Um, <laughs> and, and if you're adverse to it, uh, as you mentioned, you once were Jerry, and I know that myself and probably a lot of listeners try to just avoid it. Just don't mm-hmm. talk about it. Um, but when the friendship has gotten to some of those barriers and there is for sure conflict, what are some strategies that we can put into place to break those chains? Mm, yeah, great question. And honestly, guys, like I'll preface this by saying you have to first evaluate for yourself. Is this friendship, you know, worth keeping, you know, mm. worth reconciling for? Because, um, you know, the, the dirty side, the, the ugly side that a lot of people don't want to admit is there. And, you know, people can comment on this how they want. But um, I mean, if there are certain toxic relationships that are unresponsive, it's you can, you know, I'm, I hate to use this term, but I'm going to throw it out there and people can, you know, controversy or you know, conversation later. But sometimes you have to just let certain friendships strategically drift and just be like, hey, you know what, I'm just going to kind of hide myself in a cloud of busyness and trust that, you know, if they, if they leave me alone, great. Um, if they get in touch with me, you know, I'll be very, uh, nondescript and, you know, very general. And, you know, it's happened to me too. And I don't take it personally because if honestly, if people feel like I'm not an influence in life, I shouldn't be in their life. Right. Um, so I'll be a good sport about that. But if there is a friendship that you say, Hey, you know, this person is important to me, or if it's a family member that you can't just distance yourself from, because, you know, if they're in proximity in your life, um, yeah, here's some tips, right. Uh, the first is just to kind of throw it out in the open, right. And to ask yourself, Hey man, you know, I was just trying to evaluate our relationship and make sure I'm being number one, that I'm being the best friend that I can be for you. Right. Make, make the focus on yourself and say, Hey, I'm working on myself to be sure I'm the best friend I can be in your life. Um, you know, and can you give me feedback on how I can be a better friend? Right. If you had to rate this friendship on a scale one to 10, right. You asked for their opinion first, as, as Ben Franklin used to say, that's the easiest way to like make a friend, right. <laughs> like turn an en- or turn an enemy into a friend. Hey, can I get your opinion on something about me? You know, like, yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, just ask yourself, Hey, and That's I'm good. just trying to improve. Yeah. I'm just trying to improve. How would you suggest I improve? Right. No one, no one shirks away from the question unless they're truly like completely conflict diverse. They're like, ah, I don't want to say anything. You're like, no, like yeah. I'm bring it and bring it on because uh, this is yeah. for your benefit. So please be honest. Um, and to say, Hey, well, you know, it's a six. Okay. Well, you know, why do you, you know, why did you give it that score? And they can tell you some things. Hey, there's some, here's some good things. Here's some annoying things. And that, that's like, okay, Matt. So you tell me what would make it a seven. Right. And mm. then they can elaborate. And then, and then, right. Now that you set this up to show that you are humble and coachable and listening to them and attentive to them. Right. Um, and they're, they're probably warmed up by now. I can say, Hey, you know, um, and you give them the choice, right. You say, Hey, how, how interested are, are you in hearing feedback on my end from what I've seen from you? Um, and if they say, you know, I'm not, you say, okay, well, then I'm not going to bother, right? Because now just, you, there's no point in wasting your time. Um, but if they are receptive to say, hey, you know, are you sure, right? Um, because I don't, well, the last thing I want to do is feel like I'm just like pick, nitpicking at like the things I find annoying, right? I really want this to be a genuinely beneficial relationship for both of us. Um, and I think if you preface that properly, right, they're probably going to be more receptive to hard things, um, you know, with things that say, Hey, look, man, you know, when you, when you pretend you're interested in invitations that I give you for social events, but you actually have no 
real desire to follow through. If like, you're just afraid you're going to hurt my feelings by saying no, like you're actually hurting me worse, right? Something like that. When you say, Hey, look, I'd rather the most loving thing you can do is give me a clear yes or no, uh, as opposed to just leave me on thinking that, uh, you know, you'll be able to make it when you really are going to. Right. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm having emotions hearing you say that out loud, right? Like, I mean, how important is it for us to do that and how powerful would it be if we did it? But boy, do we just not take action and do that. I mean, the way you just worded that, Jerry, is, is there's no fat on that, right? I mean, it is, it is lean and clean, and that's exactly what should be said. And, uh, and I wrote it. It's on my pad right here. I mean, so a couple people in my life are going to be going, wait a minute. Uh, he, he told us directly how he felt and they're going to be sending you emails. You can send those emails to, uh, Jerry and conflict. No, um, no, that's super helpful, Jerry, man. I really appreciate that. I do want to ask you yeah. right on the other side of, we, we, we just paused for a quick break to thank some of our sponsors, but right on the other side, I want to, to ask you a few questions on the weight of our family's expectations, mate, maybe the weight on our relationships in general our friendships and just the weight they put on us and how that creates a, a, a major conflict. I want to get some tips and strategies from you on, on that as well. So, so hold tight, everybody, just for a quick moment here, Jerry's going to be right back with us on the other side. We just want to take a brief moment to say, uh, if you haven't already visited team CSG.com and clicked on the solutions from the huddle tab, please do that. You'll get to see all the great sponsors and brands that stand alongside of the show that believe in the simple premise that we just shouldn't do it alone. Uh, collaboration with smart people like Jerry and, and, and the other individuals that come on the program, their insight and their experience and the strategies and tips that advance the human experience, it's just important. And so some of these brands believe in that with us. And so if you'll click on their logo, you'll get to know more about them. And, and we wouldn't uh, represent them and let them stand next to our brand if we didn't think they were doing great things. So please go to team-csg.com, uh, click on the solutions from the huddle tab, and you'll see folks like Novant Health and, and Speedy and Grease Monkey and MS Digital Solutions and, and a lot of other great brands that we hope that you'll consider standing with as well. So we're talking with Jerry Fu right here on Solutions from the Huddle. Uh, Jerry uh, is is the owner and the, the CEO of Adapting Leaders. This is a website that we encourage you guys to take a look at. You can go to adaptingleaders.com and you'll learn a little bit more about Jerry Fu, who is a conflict resolution coach. Um, and, and the two things I want to ask is how do we deal with the conflict that our families and and maybe some of our institutional relationships put on us. Um, and then I want to get in after that, I want to talk a little bit about how you're specifically, even though you can speak to and help provide value to everyone, how you're specifically able to come alongside the Asian American community. Um, what about those family conflicts and those institutional expectations that burden that weight? It's heavy. How do we deal with that conflict, Jerry? Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a great question. It's an ongoing struggle for me too, right? My, <laughs> my, my grandpa was a very established doctor in Taiwan and he still, you know, for the longest time had hung on to the idea that I might still go back to med school and, and fulfill, you know, the practice of becoming a doctor. And, you know, um, you know, you can, you can approach this in a couple different ways. The one is just a waiting game, right? And you just be like, all right, mom, dad, like this, you know, after enough time, they're going to realize how little control they have over things that, you know, usually time is enough to let go. So, but that's usually a very passive way of dealing with this problem, right? The other maybe more direct approach is to say, 
mom, dad, you know, why do you want this? Like, why, why, why is this so important to you for me to become like an accountant or mechanic or a lawyer or things like that? Right. And usually, at least from the immigrant perspective, right, we need, we, we want a respectable um, practice, right? Uh, they don't care what race you are if they still have to call you doctor, right? Um, we also, you know, need money in the door, right? And, you know, the long game, just a quick side note, like parents want kids to make a lot of money because when they get older, like the implicit expectations that they take care of the parents, you know, when they're, when they're up in age, right? They don't tell you that until after, like you've gone through this whole rat race. Um, but yeah, just to have this open conversation, understand the context for what your parents uh, want for you. Right. Um, it's usually not about the profession. It's more about bigger needs like reputation or stability. Right. And, um, you know, the definition of success that works for them, uh, you can tell them, hey, mom, dad, you know, like for my parents. Right. What is important to you in Taiwan uh, doesn't always work here. Right. Uh, the way you tell me to avoid conflict is like that's got me fired. Right. Um, and you can allow for this dollar to say, hey, mom, you know, this is what I've seen that's different. That's like not consistent with the advice that you're giving me. So, you know, how much longer do you expect me to trust this? Right. And so that's one approach that you can take with that. Um, you could also, you know, throw in one of the biggest quotes from the regrets of the dying. Like one of the top regrets is to say, I wish I had lived a life true to myself, you know, instead of what others expected of me. Right. Mm. And you could ask them, hey, mom, dad, what did you feel about your parents' expectations, right, on you? Like, how did you handle them, right? Because, you know, my mom and dad came over here for grad school, which is probably not in, like, my, my you know, my grandparents' interest, right? But they made a life for themselves over here by taking the risk and coming over to this country and dealing with racism and discrimination and language barriers, right? Um, and I'm grateful for the fact that they gave me a better life that I probably couldn't have had if it's just stayed in Taiwan, right? Um, but to have that open conversation and say, hey, mom and dad, you know, I coming back to kind of like the temple of a boss, what can I appreciate about my parents in this moment with what they're, even though they're telling me things that are hurtful or painful, but what is, what if this is just misguided love, right? Um, and yeah, just to say, okay, let's have an open dialogue. And, you know, if you say, hey, I want to be an actor and they're like, they don't make any money and you, and you can kind of learn to negotiate, right? And you say, hey, well, mom, dad, like, why do you let me try this for six months, right? And if I'm not able to pay for my own bills, then yeah, I'll pick something that's quote a little more stable in your eyes, right? I'll let, why don't you let me trust that? And if I need your advice on how to get this, I will. Uh, but what will it take for you to trust that, I, that you've raised me uh, sufficiently to be a responsible human being so that I understand I'm not just chasing like a, a you know, a very, um, you know, a silly dream and that I'm actually going to put meat on these bones and actually make something happen. Right. Mm. Or if it doesn't work out, I, I trust that I'm going to figure something out and, uh, you know, move forward with something that, you know, I would still be happy with knowing that I'm now kind of charting my own course instead of trying to win the approval of other people who ultimately don't matter. Right. Like, why does my aunt want me to become a doctor? Like, what does this do for her? Right. Like, I don't, I don't need this. Right. She doesn't yeah. need this. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a great perspective. Um, as we come to the end of our time together, um, Jerry, walk me through a little bit. You know, we're two different people. We, we, I think we have a lot of overlap. There's a lot of, I, I could, can you imagine us both on stage talking? I mean, we care about people and leadership and communication and overcoming barriers, but we're two totally different people, right? I mean, you're able to speak to a community, the Asian American community, in probably such an intimate and authentic way being, uh, being an Asian American. But how exactly 
um, is it for somebody that, and maybe somebody that's listening that says, well, maybe I'm not Asian American, but maybe I'm another uh, immigrant or, 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 or minority. And, uh, and I don't feel heard and I'm not sure how to break in. And, 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 and I have all these conflicts and um, how do I do that? Right. I mean, I can't speak to that as a, as a white man. Um, uh, I speak about it. Right. But from only a perspective that I can. And, and again, I love when you use all the crayons, right. I mean, you just paint such a beautiful picture. Um, speak to it from, from your angle and your lens and, and help us understand why that's a community that's, you're, you're so able to help that community and why they, they need to kind of get over the fear of, of what they're dealing with and maybe, and maybe get you to be a part of their team to help push them forward. Yeah. Thanks for asking that. I mean, if I had to look at it, it's to ask them, you know, do you feel heard? Do you feel like you're sufficiently seen, heard and respected? Like, do people take your opinions seriously? Um, Do you feel like you belong? Right. If you don't, like, what would it take for you to get there? Right. Um, by all means, I tell people, look, if, if money is an issue or you want to stay frugal and you want to bootstrap it, sure. You know, let me just email me. I'll give you a list of five books you can read, you know, to kind of just figure out some ideas and how to apply them. Um, but if you're, if you're at a point where you say, hey, I can't tolerate being overlooked any longer, right? Working hard and helping my boss notices me, uh, that's not a that's not a good strategy for, you know, career, career growth and you know, charting my, a better career path. Um, so the question I have for them is just how much longer will you tolerate, you know, uh, you know, being invisible? Like how much will you tolerate just thinking that, uh, you know, a, a nice paycheck is enough for what you're looking for? Because I can guarantee you it is isn't. there's plenty of people that have made six figures that aren't happy with their lives. Right. So it's not about the money. Um, just to say, hey, look, I've skinned my knee several times just trying to go down this path. Um, what if you had someone who could kind of give you a framework so that even as you aren't exempt from these challenges, but that you could handle it more effectively, that you could spare yourself a lot of time, money, and, and disappointment, um, you know, and kind of like kind of fast track yourself to uh, the definition of success that you define and not defined by others. Mm. And the best website. Uh, Jerry, where do you want folks to go to learn more about you and, and the services that you guys provided? Sure. Uh, the website is adaptingleaders.com. Uh, you got a bunch of free stuff that you can look at. I have a blog on interesting and useful books. Um, I have a free download uh, on a framework for navigating hard conversations. And you can even schedule a complimentary 30-minute call. Just no strings attached. Just tell me what you're working on. And if that leads to a formal business relationship, whether you are an Asian American leader or you are someone who employs Asian American leaders, right? Um, the information will be useful for you. And uh, yeah, just uh, whether you want a cheap free solution, which I'm happy to share because, you know, we believe in generosity as coaches, uh, or if you say, hey, you know what, uh, you're worth the price tag and let's really dig in and really get to the heart of our issues so that, um, you know, I can, I can experience clarity in my steps. I can have confidence to follow through on them. And then finally to experience closure and that relief and that exhale, knowing that, Hey, you know what, that conversation with my boss is really hard, but things are so much better now. And I'm so happy that I didn't just sit in my comfort zone and just trust that my resentment would go away if I waited long enough. 
I love it. Jerry Fu, adaptingleaders.com. Jerry, thanks for being on the show. Uh, thanks for being our newest friend of the program here. I hope, I uh, hope in the future you'll come back and visit us again. Anytime you need me, Titus. Hey guys, Titus Bartolotta here with Collaborative Solutions Group. I just wanted to say thank you for listening to this episode of Solutions from the Huddle. If you want to hear more episodes and continue supporting our show, simply search for and subscribe to Solutions from the Huddle on any major podcast platform. Thank you again, and we hope you'll join us soon.